Hey writers, welcome to Writing YA with Poppy. I'm Poppy Solomon, an editor and author assistant who specialises in young adult fiction. I created this podcast to start discussions with writers, offer advice on writing, publishing and book marketing and talk about my favourite genre, YA. You can find me on Instagram as Poppy's Vintage Books and LinkedIn under Poppy Solomon. You can also visit my website which I'll link below. I am so happy you're here and I can't wait to talk teen fiction with you today. Let's start. Hey writers, welcome to another episode of Writing YA with Poppy. I'm so glad you're here. It's Friday, which means it's a new episode and it's super exciting. And you know, I love to chat about all things publishing and writing and book marketing. And if you have any requests of things that you might want me to talk about on this podcast, please do let me know. Please get in touch and tell me what you think about the podcast and what you want to hear from me or maybe the sorts of people you would want me to interview and who you want to hear from. So let's make this a more interactive experience rather than just me talking into my phone. (laughs) But today we're going to talk about editing costs. So this is a two-parter because I wrote this, the blog version of this in two parts. The first part is why is editing so expensive? And the second part is how to reduce your editing costs. So fiction writers are definitely often in for a big shock when they find out how much it costs to edit a book. And as an editor, it's it's really hard for me because I want people to be able to get their books out there. I want to be able to help everyone. But at the same time, I think a lot of people don't realize how much skill and time and effort goes into editing a book. And they don't therefore realize how much it's going to cost. And the editors need to be paid fairly because although we love what we do, we, like everyone else, uh, we work hard and we need money. (laughs) So we'll get into that a little bit today but first let's do my writing and reading update. At the moment I have been reading a couple of really interesting books and I've also been not reading a lot of books because uh, like I said in the last episode I have been in a massive reading slump and not just a reading slump but an everything slump. I just nothing is appealing to me at the moment no tv shows or movies I just I've been on tiktok just scrolling and scrolling but even that I'm just finding it absolutely boring I've just got into one of those you know it just happens sometimes where you just suddenly cannot stand anything Uh, but hopefully I'm gonna get through that and I've been finding that listening to the audiobook of Colleen Hoover's It Ends With Us has been really helping because I find that it Colleen Hoover's books find this really good balance between being a bit light and stupid but being really like good and intense like it's just something about the way she writes is so engaging and I think her characters are really good yeah I'm really enjoying this one the the first one I wrote was Verity and that's her thriller novel so this one's a lot different to that but yeah I, I just think I'm really enjoying her work and I didn't think I would because a lot of people seem to put her down and I like them which is a surprise because I'm not a romance reader at all but yeah I really like her writing and yeah the way she balances this sort of like lightness with more serious themes and strong characters so that is very up my alley so Colleen Hoover I, I am your fan and <laughs> please come on my podcast yeah so that's the audiobook that I'm reading at the moment I'm trying to do a mix of always having a few books going at a time so I have an audiobook a physical book and often a non-fiction book as well and maybe even an ebook because I like a lot of different formats and options 
Uh, and yeah, I find that that is working really well for me. I'm just so obsessed with audiobooks right now. And yeah, they really, really help me get out of a slump because I just put them on while I'm doing something else and I'm still reading a book without feeling like I'm reading a book. It's awesome. So yeah, really, really loving that. Um, I'm also reading, oh, I, I got about halfway through the Thursday Murder Club and I just, I could not go on. It just wasn't, <sighs> I can see why people like it, but for me, I just really could not get into that book. I didn't connect with the characters. I didn't connect with the story. I didn't care about the mystery. And um, I just felt like it jumped around a lot. There were too many characters and I didn't even dislike it enough to want to finish it. I just felt absolutely nothing but bored while I was reading it. And I, I know a lot of people do love it. So nothing against the book. It just mustn't be for me. But yeah, I had to give that one a little DNF. So now I've started on Grey Vale, which is Lynette Noni's fourth book in the Medoran Chronicles. And so I wasn't a huge fan of the third book, but I did like the, sec uh, the first and second. So yeah, I'm excited to get into Grey Vale because I've been told it's her best one in that series. And it's always nice reading books by a local author, which is really fun. I've also been reading Word Slut, which I can't remember the author's name now but it is wow it is so good it's all about feminism and language and how gender and language all sort of mix up together and how different things affect different things in our culture and it's just a really really cool little feminism dictionary handbook um highly recommend it because it talks all about yeah gendered language and what we need to change and how we need to be careful what we say and how the things that we talk about really impact who we are and how society works and our culture so that is a really really good book that I think everyone should read uh, but especially writers because what we do is working with language so it is really really important that our language is inclusive and we're not causing more problems than solutions when we're when we're saying things it is really really important especially if you're in the YA space which most of us here are um, we have to be so careful the things that we say and how we say them because these are young impressionable minds that we are creating media for so it is really really important that our language is correct and respectful and responsible to our teen readers and to everyone so yeah highly recommend word slut all right, let's get into the focus of today's podcast, which is editing fees. Why is editing so expensive? Um, why can't I just send my book to some editor and get them to just check that the grammar's okay and give them a hundred bucks? Why is it suddenly costing me thousands of dollars for someone to check if my book has any typos? Well, today we're going to find out. So when authors start looking into professional editing, so this is mostly indie authors because if you're going through a traditional publisher, then usually they will provide an editor for you or at least they should provide an editor for you free of charge because you obviously never ever pay a traditional publisher. But if you're indie publishing, you pay all of these fees on your own and suddenly you might be thinking, oh, I have to get a developmental editor and that's going to cost me $3,000 and now I need a copy and line editor and that's going to cost me $4,000 and these are really bad number examples that I'm coming up with. But all of these things, they add up because it's not just editing that you have to pay for, it's also the design, like the cover and the formatting, it's 
your advertising, it's shipping and printing. If you're not doing print on demand, there are so, 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 so many things that you end up paying for. And it is a really, really expensive, time-consuming journey to self-publish. We have to talk about fees and how much you're spending on editing because it's really, really important that you budget correctly and effectively. When you are finding an editor, you're finding someone who is going to improve your book and enhance what you've already got written and they're creating a more high quality product for you to sell because ultimately that is what your book is. It is a product that you are selling and so what you're doing is getting feedback from a professional to be able to enhance your book. And of course, that isn't cheap. You are talking to a professional, they have skill and experience, they have training, they have a portfolio, and they're going to put in many, many, many hours of work into your book. So it's important that when you're seeing how much these people charge, you're really taking into account all of the work that's going into it. And that's why I say if you find someone who's only charging you a few hundred dollars, then that is a massive red flag. You might be thinking, oh, this is fantastic. I'm going to get this so cheap compared to all these other ones that cost thousands. But in fact, because they are charging so little, the quality of their work is probably going to align with their fees. So they might not be as qualified. They might not have as much experience. They might just be doing a quick skim read, picking out a few typos and then sending it back. And if you're a first time author, who doesn't know a lot about the industry, you might not realize that this person is actually completely scamming you because you might just think, oh, this is what an editor does. We're definitely going to go over all of these things and how you can find the right editor for you because it is so, so important that you are getting, you know, like I said in the last episode, which I definitely recommend you go back to, it's so important to get a sample edit done so that you can make sure that the editor that you're with, their price aligns with the quality of their work and your budget. I know that looking for an editor is really, really scary and if you're putting your hard work in the hands of someone who is probably a stranger, you're giving them a lot of money, you're kind of just handing over your heart and soul and your cash to some random person. So I know that can be absolutely terrifying. I'm someone who doesn't like spending money either, so I completely empathise and I just hope that today I can sort of bust some editing myths and explain why things cost what they do and that can better help you go into the editing process with more confidence. And also just a quick note, I know that I always talk about fiction on here and predominantly YA fiction. Some of the advice in this podcast will be relevant to non-fiction editors and other types of editing but we are solely focusing on fiction today. So make sure you're still doing your individual research on your genre and all of the things you need to know specifically for you please don't only take my advice. Please make sure you're still doing your research. Also, for a list of the standard editing fees in your country, you can look up your country's professional editing association. So in Australia, it's IPED, I-P-E-D, the Institute of Professional Editors. They have a list. I believe in the US, it's the EFA, the Editorial Freelancers Association. In the UK, it is C-I-E-P which I can't remember what that stands for, but <laughs> yeah, there are plenty of resources out there of professional editing associations where you can learn more information and make sure that you're actually going with someone who is a professional because these are the people who run the editing profession because there's a lot of freelancers and they're sort of like the freelance editing police. <laughs> they're like our government. They set the rules, they do the research, they provide resources. So 
If you're looking for an editor, make sure you're getting on your local professional editing association's website and doing some research there as well. Because if your editor who you found is charging much, much higher than the standard prices or much, much lower, that's a red flag. It still doesn't necessarily mean it's a scam because every editor is different, but please, please, please just use these resources to help yourself be aware. So the first big thing to take into account when you are looking for an editor and you are suddenly shocked at how much they're charging is that it takes skill, so much skill. So your editor should be an expert, not only in English and grammar, but on your genre and your target audience. So editing is not just about grammatical perfection. Probably you aren't even going to get close to perfection because mistakes are always going to fall through the cracks. That is just how it is. But it's really about ensuring that your voice as an author comes across in the most effective way. So understanding your voice, your characters, your themes, your intentions with the story, all of these things mean that an editor needs a lot more skills than just knowing basic English rules. They need to know how to break the rules to create voice and story and characters. So this is not a skill that just pops up out of nowhere and magically exists in the minds of every editor. Learning to cultivate an author's voice takes training and practice. An editor is not just someone who has a good eye for detail, although that is of course a huge important part of it. They're someone who has an education in editing and fiction and experience working with your genre. So you want someone who reads consistently in the genre that you write in, stays up to date on trends of your genre, and knows exactly what audiences are looking for and what books you are competing with. You want your editor to be an expert so they can advise you in the most effective ways on how to improve your novel, not just so it's grammatically correct, but so that it appeals to the target audience as well. So as an example for me, one thing I specialize in as a YA editor is helping millennial writers write to teen audiences because there is a big, well not a huge age gap, but it is a significant gap and a lot of millennial writers write YA books that they would have liked to have read, read as a teenager, which just don't quite connect with teenagers of today. So something that I need to do is constantly stay up to date on teenagers and what they're doing and, you know, being on TikTok and Instagram, staying in the spaces where teenagers are listening to their slang, listening to what they like and dislike and making sure that I know what's happening in the YA genre, what audiences want. So that way, when I'm editing, I'm not just editing for grammar. I'm editing to say to my client, I think that you could update the voice here and make it a little bit more like a real teenager of today. So maybe you need to change the slang around a little bit. Maybe the technology isn't quite right. It's just not quite connecting. So these are things that your editor should be an expert on. If they are a mystery or crime editor, they would know the ins and outs of investigations and police departments. That's something that I don't know about. And if you wanted me to edit your mystery book, I couldn't help with that because that's not my expertise. I am an expert in YA fiction. And so the same thing goes with if you wanted me to edit a romance novel, a historical novel, I could edit for grammar, of course, but I couldn't give you the same advice that I could give you if you're a young adult fiction author. And that's really, really important to keep in mind. So to give you a list of examples of what I do outside of just my editing hours to make sure that my skills and knowledge 
are up to date so I can give my clients the best offering possible. I take courses on editing, I'm listening to webinars and podcasts, I'm signed up to mailing lists to receive news on the industry, I aim to get work experience in aspects of the industry I'm less familiar with and I volunteer as much as I can. I run a Bookstagram account and a BookTok account to keep an eye on reader trends and review and read advanced reader copies of YA books. And I also allow then my clients to be promoted on my social media as well, where I have lots of teenagers that I'm connected with. I also have my database of beta readers, arc readers and sensitivity readers, which my clients can access to save time. I help with their marketing. So these are all big offerings that are outside just the fact that I'm good with grammar and the English language. And, and this isn't just for me to say how amazing and fantastic I am, although I of course am fantastic and amazing. It's to tell you that an editor does so, so much more than you probably think. And that is why they are so, so valuable. The second reason why you might get a quote for your edit and think, oh my goodness, this is super expensive, is because you have to consider how much time it takes to edit a book. So I'd love you to just sit for a second and consider how long does it take you to read a book? How many pages can you read per hour? How many words can you read per hour? For me, when I read, I read about a page a minute or 50 pages in an hour because I take breaks. That is already, if you're thinking about an hour per 50 pages, if a standard book is about 300 pages, that is already six hours just to give it a read. And that is not looking into any of the editorial side of things. It's just reading for entertainment. So six hours already, if we're talking about absolute minimum wage, let's say, Okay, I don't know what the minimum wage is for every country, but let's say that for an editor, the absolute lowest you would want to pay them is $20 an hour, which is completely ridiculous, and please don't pay your editor that little. But if you think six hours times $20, you are at $120. But of course, we cannot edit a book in six hours because we are looking deep into every single line and we are putting in so much more effort than that. And also, of course, all of those skills and all of the experience that I just explained earlier. Plus, the standard lowest editing rate starts at about 50 Australian dollars an hour for a beginner editor. And that is across most editing association suggested rates. So now we're talking about over double the amount of money that we just discussed before. And if we're also looking at how fast editors can edit, the average is usually around a thousand words an hour for a copy edit. And of course, there will be some editors that are a lot slower than that and a lot faster, but we can just take this $50 an hour and a thousand words an hour. And this is probably for someone at the beginning of their career as well. If your editor has a lot more experience, they are definitely going to charge more because they deserve to get paid a lot more than that. Um, and of course it will be different depending on who it is and what they can charge and how much money they need. But if we say $50 an hour and a thousand words per hour, if your manuscript is about 80,000 words, which I think that works out to about 300 pages, so that's our average again, you're looking at at least $4,000 for 80 hours of work. So I know $4,000 just sounds like such a crazy, crazy big amount of money, 
But when you think about 80 hours of work going into your manuscript, that kind of suddenly becomes a little bit more reasonable. Uh, it's so, so, so many hours and so much skill that is going into your book. And of course, it is not going to be free. That is just the sad fact. <laughs> I, of course, I wish I could do my job for free because I do genuinely love editing and I love helping authors get their books out there. I just, you know, I'm so super passionate about what I do, but that isn't the world that we live in. And it really, really is important that we raise up the whole publishing industry by charging rates that reflect our skill and what we have to offer. So of course, a lot of editors aren't going to charge that much. I'm sure you can find plenty of people who will do it a lot cheaper, a lot faster. The quality of work might not be quite as good, but you will at least get an edit done. But if your editor is significantly undercharging, their work is probably not going to be very good, or what they're doing is negatively impacting the entire editing profession because they're devaluing all of our work. So just like any other workers, we deserve to be paid fairly for our time and skill. And I know it's a really hard discussion to have because, you know, indie authors usually don't have a lot of money to throw away on things like that. And I shouldn't say the word throw away because you're not throwing it away. It's really, really important if you want that book to sell well and have people be talking about how good the story is and how good the book is in their reviews rather than talking about how the writing style wasn't quite right or there's lots of typos that they had to get through. So yeah, I, I completely understand that it it's a scary amount of money, but at the same time, editors need to eat. And it is, yeah, it's just one of those things in life that just, it's, it's hard. But I really do hope that the publishing industry as a whole gets a little bit better with paying its workers and that authors can start earning a little bit more money so that they can invest more in their books and be able to pay people fairly for good work. And that leads us into our third topic of why editing is expensive, and that is because it is an investment. So some people will say that a professional edit is not necessary to publish a book. Um, in some cases, maybe you don't need one. Maybe you have a really, really clean book. You've had a few people who have really strong English skills and who read a lot look over it. And maybe that's enough. Maybe that's fine. I think it is a little bit elitist to suggest that every single book needs an editor when a lot of authors just simply cannot afford it. And then can we say, well, people who can't afford to have an editor therefore shouldn't publish books because that's just cutting off a huge amount of people and turning it into this really classist thing where suddenly rich people can publish books and poor people can't publish books and we of course don't want that especially when there's authors from marginalized communities who are trying to get books out there but they simply just don't have the money to do all of these different things however a book is a product and you have to remember that it costs the reader time and money so this is a really really hard debate for me to decide which side i'm on with because on the one hand, I have to think about the author and how we shouldn't be gatekeeping publishing with all of these big costs and saying that if you can't afford it, then you shouldn't be allowed to publish. But at the same time, I have to be on the side of the reader as well and say if they're spending money on a product, they deserve to have a good product. And it isn't really fair to publish a book that doesn't meet reader standards and they're spending money on it 
and it isn't done correctly and professionally. A book that is full of confusing writing, distracting typos and plot holes is just simply going to be really, really difficult for readers to enjoy because they just won't be able to read the story if they're being distracted the entire time. There are conventions and rules in the English language and I do believe that the rules are made to be broken. But readability is very, very important because you don't want your reader to be thinking about where the commas are or how you spell things or formatting of the book or things like that. You want the reader to be completely immersed in the story. And when there are so, so, so many books already out there that are well polished and have good covers, good editing, all of these things, having a book that isn't well polished is not going to stand out from the crowd. And if it does, it might not be in the way that you want. So if you're skipping any of these important costly phases of publishing, this is unfortunately going to cost you in the long term, which is why I see editing as an investment. The better product that you release, the better the reception that it's going to receive. You're going to get better reviews and therefore you're going to make more sales. So this helps you in the long and the short term. So if you are suddenly freaking out, and I'm so sorry if you are about all of these big costs, although I hope I've explained it all a little bit better for you so it's a little less scary and you feel a bit more educated about what you're going into. Next week, we're going to talk about how to reduce your editing costs. So I'm going to go over all the different ways that you can save money. I'm going to tell you about different options that you have for editing and just make it all a little bit clearer so that if you know that you absolutely cannot afford the standard editing rates, there are things that you can do to still polish off your book to at least a publishable standard, even if it might not be as good as you want it to be. And I'm going to teach you that you can still get a really good edit, but you can save your editor time by self-editing your book first. And that means that you're going to have to pay a lot less because you'll be providing them a much cleaner manuscript as well. So thank you so, so much for listening to another episode. I really do hope that I've educated you a little bit on editing and what it is and how it helps books and writers and how all of these things come together and the fact that we, we all love books and we also all want money so we can eat because that is the society that we live in. <laughs> so I hope that this all made sense. If you have any questions, please, please feel free to reach out to me and we can have a chat and I can just explain anything. You can reach out to me on social media or by my email or my website. All of my links will be below. So I'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Writing YA with Poppy podcast. To chat with me or to get more writing, publishing and book marketing tips, you can follow me on Instagram, LinkedIn or visit my website. I'll link them all below. See you soon and happy writing.